The text this morning is from Matthew 5, verse 5. Let me just read from verse 1 to 5 because verse 1 is also uh, very relevant to the sermon. Matthew 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And this is the text for this morning. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is a great honor and privilege to be able to stand here and have an opportunity to preach here in Owen Sound. And as you know, this is my first time coming to Owen Sound and preaching in Owen Sound. And speaking of the first time, this reminds me of the first time when I first came to Canada. Everything was new and exciting. When you come to a new place, You have to embrace many new things. And of course, one of the new things that I had to embrace was the way that people speak. And I realized there are certain expressions and words that I had to get used to. And I learned that there are two words that are most frequently and distinctively used in Canada. The first word that I had to learn was The word A, E-H. I learned that the word, this word has many meanings. It took me almost one week to figure out the real meaning of A. Actually, it doesn't have any meanings. Another word, another word that I had to learn is the word sorry. For instance, Uh, when I first came to uh, the CRTS, our seminary, once there was a debate, and then professors, Dr. Van Welty, Dr. Smith, they disagreed with me, and he said, I don't know, Han, sorry. But I realized he was not really sorry. The context seems to suggest that he, there's no, he didn't show any remorse or apology, but it rather meant Sorry, Han, you're wrong. And later, one of my classmates explained to me the reason why Canadians so love to say sorry. And he said, because Canadians are polite. Of course, impolite words can escalate tension, whereas polite words can prevent escalation. Bible also speaks of the importance of gentleness, of politeness. For instance, in Proverbs 15, verse 1, it says, A gentle answer turns away uh, the wrath, and the harsh word stir up anger. The passage that we just read is talking about meekness. And what is meekness? Meekness can be understood as gentleness, a politeness, and humbleness. According to Google, that meekness is like you render good things to others. Being meek 
means you're putting others before you. You listen to others first. You humbly take care of others before you take care of your, yourselves. Opposite words can be something like disobedience, impertinent, and pride. And let me ask you a question. Are Canadians meek or rebellious? And I think you know the answer already, and I agree. Canadians are very meek. In fact, Canadians are so meek and gentle to the point that they tolerate almost everything. We see some Canadians are meek when it comes to abortion. Canada is tolerating abortion now. Now Canada seems to tolerate same-sex marriage. And some says, come on, the tolerance is is a very good thing. Indeed, tolerance is very good. We should be nice to each other. But tolerance is good only when it is used in the right time and right place. For instance, you don't just tolerate a person who just killed a man. You don't tolerate a person who steals your money and lied to you. And this morning, we just read in Matthew 5, verse 5, where Jesus is talking about meekness, gentleness. And I'm afraid that people often mix this meekness in this passage with the Canadian, Canadian politeness or Canadian tolerance. This morning, I would like to ask a question. Are these two things really the same? Is blessed are the meek means that we should tolerate everything, anything whatsoever. Does this passage mean that we should be gentle to other religions? Does this passage teach us to be tolerant to homosexuality? With these questions in our mind, let us look at the following theme and points. Jesus Jesus said that meek are blessed because they will inherit the earth. And we are going to look at how, first, how the meek are blessed, and the second, how the meek inherit the earth. So the first point, uh, let me ask you this question again. What is meek? I mean, what does the Bible say when it comes to being meek? And please allow me to give you the answer right away. Being meek is deeply related to our covenant relationship with God. Again, being meek has everything to do with with us being obedient, humble, and listening to God. And I already mentioned that meek is being gentle and humble, but the question is, to what? To whom? To whom should we be listening? To whom should we be humble? Well, the answer is, obviously, being meek is to be obedient and humble to God. And please allow me to give, give you an example from the Bible. 
We read uh, some stories from Numbers, but you, you also find the story of Moses in Exodus. And I like to mention one story from Exodus too. It's a well-known story. We read, we read that Moses killing an Egyptian because the Egyptian was giving hard time to the Hebrew slave. Moses looked this way, that way, and he saw nobody, and he killed the man and hid him under the sand. And as a result, you know very well that he had to flee to the land of Midian. And he had to learn how to be a humble man for 40 years by being a shepherd. 40 years. 40 years. It certainly is not a short time. It's a lifetime work. Think about it. God prepared Moses for 40 years. When Moses struck the Egyptian and fled from Egypt, he was at, prime, uh, at his prime age. He was uh, 40 years old. And he probably had the best social status ever. He was, he was raised by the princess. And he probably could do anything that he wanted to do with his power. And that's what he did. He tried to solve the problem with his strength. And he failed. Then God trained him for 40 years with the most humble occupation, shepherd. After then, God called Moses when he was 80 years old. Why did God call Moses at the age of 80? Why not at 40 or 50 or even when he was still young? What can an 80-years-old shepherd possibly do? And brothers and sisters, here is the precious biblical lesson behind the story of Moses. God made Moses the most humble man, the meekest man on the earth, so that Moses could totally depend on God when he delivered the Israelites from Egypt. Again, what can an 80-year-old shepherd possibly do? Nothing but to depend on God. And as a result, Israelites could be freed by God's leadership, not by Moses' leadership. Israelites could glorify God, not Moses. And also they learned a very precious lesson that the salvation belonged to God not to Moses. Moses, he listened, he obeyed to God. If Moses was not meek at all, but rather was arrogant and rebellious, then you, you probably know, would know that what would happen, the hurt of a meek is the tender and soft, whereas an arrogant man has very hardened heart. Moses listened to God, whereas we see the Pharaoh, the Egyptian king, he did not. And you know the result very well. The firstborn of Pharaoh, he died. Not only Pharaoh, the king, suffered, but the whole Egypt suffered as a nation. On the other hand, Moses and Israelites were blessed by God 
They didn't face any of those ten plagues. Perhaps, perhaps it is true in every church if one member is not humble to God, not only that person has difficulties with other members, but also others may have some difficulties with that member person as well. And this is the same with the society that we are living right now. The society that we are living demands us not to be meek. The society is demanding us to be proud. They said, winner takes all. When you you bump on somebody on the street, you don't have to say sorry. Who cares about being sorry? Who cares about God's commandment? Who cares about those unborn babies? Who cares about God's warning against same-sex marriage? But when we do render to others, when we care about God's commandment, when we raise our voice and shout against abortion and same-sex marriage, people make fun of us. And these things for us is very crucial when it comes to our relationship with God. And I heard a phrase saying that people are polite and gentle to everything else but to God. People rather feel comfortable with a hardened heart. People even love to ignore God's commandment when it feels convenient. And as a result, people embrace all those wrong things, such as abortion and same-sex marriage, in the name of tolerance. And tolerating those wrong things is not being meek. That is wrong meekness. The true meekness is to embrace God and listen to God's word. The meekness toward God. And that is how we receive our blessings. We humbly submit to God and we submit everything to God. Let me go back to the story of Moses. Later on, you know that Moses had a great privilege and honor to receive God's law. We read the Ten Commandments from Exodus 20. And there are so many striking similarities between Moses and our Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 5 verse 1, it says, Seeing the multitude, he went up on the mountain and he was seated. His disciples came. The Gospel of Matthew intentionally draws our attention to this particular moment. Just like Moses went up to the mountain to receive the law, Jesus Christ, the one who is greater than Moses, also went up to the mountain. And please notice the phrase that Jesus sat down. The word he was seated, sitting, sat down, can also mean dwelling. The sentence that Jesus sat down, Jesus was seated on the mountain, it reminded people of the Mount Sinai. Why? Because it is the holy mountain. Why is it holy? Because God was sitting or dwelling there in Old Testament. Moses, he was, he was just a mere messenger carrying the law to the people, whereas Jesus was making new laws, the better laws. 
the law of Moses had promise and curses. The heaviness of curse made people to fear the Lord. However, the law given by Jesus Christ was filled with blessings. And please, please take a note that each beatitude begins with a phrase, blessed are those. They begin with blessings. They are full of blessings. They're full of blessings because Jesus Christ was the one who took all our curses. Still the question remains, who are the meek people here? I said they are the ones who humbly submit to God and listen to God. They are the ones who put God as a priority. They are the ones who are truly blessed because they don't have to bear a curse because Jesus Christ took all our curse. And the meek are the ones who enjoy the salvation for free. It was like the Israelites, they took the labor of other nations for free. The Israelites not only inherited the land, but also took everything that are in the land. And they took them for free. And Deuteronomy 6.11 describes the promised land as a house full, a house full of all things that you did not fill, the walls, wells that you did not dig, and vineyard and olive trees that you did not plant. The Israelites, they inherited everything, the land, with a humble heart. But the Lord also adds a warning there to humble them. He said, when you inherit those things, be careful that you do not, you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of slavery. Of course, for us, being meek requires God's help and discipline. You remember that Moses was disciplined for 40 years. It was a very long journey. And we also will go through the training to acquire the meekness. And it's not going to be easy because of our, because of our old stubborn nature. We do really desire to be meek in our heart, yet our physical body keeps resisting our holy desires. We want to be meek toward God and meek to our neighbors, but it's not easy as it seems. But brothers and sisters, I would like to say please do not be discouraged because we have Jesus Christ. Please also Remember that Jesus also went up to the went out to the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted. And then he did overcome all the difficulties. Jesus knows very well of whatever difficulties that you are having right now. Therefore ask Jesus for help. Then he will grant you the help. He will help you to receive the blessings. He will help you to inherit the earth. And this leads to the second point, how the meek 
meek inherits the earth. After the Israelites escaped from the land of slavery, the Israelites were heading to the promised land. My second theme says, how the meek inherit the earth. And as speaking of this earth, I have a, I'd like to ask a question, what does this mean by the earth? Well, the Israelites were heading to the promised land, the promised land, and it was uh, the, the earth, the land that was promised to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What's the big deal there? What's, what's the importance of the land? Well, it was not just a piece of land, but the land flows with milk and honey. And that's not, that's not all. The land was called the promised land because the land itself was the blessing of the covenant. And we read uh, something about this promised land in Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11, the land was, of course, given to the patriarch. Uh, it says in Hebrews 11, verse 8, the place that he would later receive as his inheritance. Hebrews 11, verse 9, it says, Although God gave them the land for free, it was given them for free, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they did not live, they did not live in a permanent house or castle, but they lived in a tent. Why did they do that? Well, I can only think about uh, this present time that I can only think about the Mongolians are living in a tent. They're living in a tent because they have to uh, keep moving. The author of Hebrews gives a, a reason why the patriarch lived in a tent. Because they were looking forward to the city with the foundation whose architect and builder is God. What does this mean? It means that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they lived in a tent because they were looking forward to the city that is prepared by God. A better country. In other words, the heaven. They only could inherit their inheritance, the promised land, only through their faith and obedience. Here, the text this morning, Matthew 5 says, the meek will inherit the earth. And we just cover that the meek is the one who listens and obeys to God. In Numbers 12, we just read in Numbers 12, there God was defending Moses. And God said, he is the most humble, the meekest person on the earth it was true, it is true that uh, Moses was the meekest person on the earth because the Bible said so, God said so. But the question is, if the meek shall inherit the earth, according to Matthew 5, verse 5, why did God Moses fail to get into the promised land? We read in Deuteronomy 34, five, verse 5 and 6, that Moses died in the land of Moab. But why did he die there? 
We find the answer in Numbers 20. We just read on Numbers 20, especially verse 12. Numbers 20, there's a story about Moses striking the rock. Moses is supposed to speak to the rock, but he was angry. He didn't listen to God. He was upset because the Israelites kept complaining. So he struck the rock twice with his staff. The water came out, and everyone was very happy. But God was not happy because because his, his disobedience, which dishonored God's name. And some people might think that God is being too harsh there. Oh, come on, it was just one mistake. The consequence was way too heavy. Brothers and sisters, that may be true, but you have to remember that, that dishonoring God's name is a very, very serious thing. And moreover, there is a very important lesson that we should not miss here. The les- lesson is this. When you think about Moses, when you come to church and listen to Ten Commandments, we think about the law of Moses. Because Moses was, Moses was the one who received the law from God. Moses, he was the representation of the law. And even Moses, even the most humble person on the earth, he failed to obey God's word. And how much harder would it be for us to keep the law? Well, the truth is, it is impossible for us to keep the law. The Bible gives us a very clear lesson here. The Israelites, they could not get into the promised land through Moses. It's a striking. The Israelites could not enter into the promised land by keeping the law. Moses He could show the way to the promised land, but he could not make the people to enter into the promised land automatically. In fact, Moses himself failed to enter into the promised land. It is the same with the law of Moses. The law can point its finger to the way to the salvation, but law cannot save us. The law points its finger to Jesus Christ as the only way to the salvation. And we remember Jesus saying in John 14, verse 6, that I am the way. Psalm 36, verse 10 says, The meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Psalm 37 talks about how the Lord reacts against the wicked and preserves his righteous. The Lord sweeps away the wicked so that his righteous people can inherit the earth. The people didn't have to do anything. They can, they, they can boast uh, themselves, but they had to be humble and dependent on the Lord. Therefore, it is not so much that they inherited the land by the virtue of their meekness, but their inheritance was obtained by God. Although Moses was the meekest, the most humble humble person on the earth, 
It was not his meekness that brought him inheritance. Besides, the meekest person on the earth failed. Brothers and sisters, if Moses, the meekest person on the earth, failed, then who is the true humble man that can make us to enter into the promised land? In order to find that out, we need to go back to the Gospel of Matthew. The word meek was used three times in the Gospel of Matthew. One is found in the passage that we just read, Matthew 5, verse 5. The other places are in uh, our, um, Matthew eleven twenty nine and 21, verse 5, and we are going to go to each verse. Matthew 11, Matthew eleven twenty nine. such a famous passage. It's one of my favorites. Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, that you will find rest for your souls. Well, our English, English translation used the word gentle or humble. The original word of this gentle is actually the same word that was used in Matthew 5, verse 5. Meek. Well, the conclusion is this. Jesus is calling himself meek. Jesus is the only humble person. He's the only humble man who deserves the inheritance, the promised land, the heaven. Well, Jesus was like Moses in a sense that he went up to the mountain to give and gave the new law. But Jesus was a far greater Moses who entered into the promised land even before anyone else did. But think about Moses. Moses, he couldn't even put his foot on the promised land. Brothers and sisters, then what? How do we inherit the earth? No man on the earth can obtain the inheritance by his strength, but we can inherit the heaven through Jesus Christ. In fact, that is the only way to inherit the heaven. Then what what shall we do? How do we inherit the heaven through Jesus Christ? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 11 that take my yoke upon you. This means the union with Christ. How do we unite with Christ? We unite with Christ by faith. We can unite with Christ when we believe and obey to God. Obey to God again. Meekness is being Required, But this meekness is not something that we can be proud of because this meekness comes from our inability. We confess that we are not able to do anything but totally depend on Jesus Christ. The true meekness for us is to depend on the true meekness of Jesus Christ. And I said uh, there are three places in Matthew that the word meek was used. The last place is from Matthew 21, verse 5. Matthew 21 uh, talks about that Jesus was a humble king. He was riding on a donkey 
uh, he was entering into Jerusalem. And why was he not riding on a horse or a chariot or BMW or Mercedes, so to speak? Because Jesus was humble king. Jesus began his ministry with humbleness, and he also ended, finished his ministry with humbleness. And then Philippians 2 verse 6 talks about the humbleness that we ought to learn from Christ. And let me just read to you. Who, here talking about Jesus Christ, being in the form of God, he did not consider in robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation by uh, taking the form of the bond servant and coming in the likeness of man and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Well, if we unite with Christ, we share the, whole, the same Holy Spirit with the Jesus Christ, with the same Holy Spirit, we slowly, slowly become humble, which leads us to the obedience. We become humble to God. We, we take God as a priority. We take God as among first other things. We read Bible first among other books. And some of us may be super busy with many things, but among those very busy events, going to the church becomes the first among all the events. Praying to God becomes the first among all the events in a day. The true meek and humble people are the ones who willingly obey to God. And of course, we ourselves cannot do that. Therefore, we have to ask for the help from the Holy Spirit. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we can come to church on Sunday. We, God wishes to see you coming here, right here, to listen to His Word. And by listening to this, His Word, we foretaste the promised land which will come to us in the future. About almost a year ago, I had to move to look for another place because the house that I was living was sold. Moving house is, of course, troublesome. And it's, of course, it is certainly good to have a fixed place that you can, you can stay with no worries. But when you go to heaven, There's no frustration for looking for a new house because there's a permanent house waiting for you prepared by our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, only the humble and meek who trust God will inherit the heaven through Jesus Christ. And we wish to live like Christ. We realize that we sinners can never be perfectly humble because only Jesus is the only the perfect person who lived a humble life. 
And please let us reflect this precious message while we are living in this world as aliens. And may the Lord bless all of you. Amen.